0: hey everyone welcome to the enlighten me podcast i'm your host Mackenzie, and you are currently listening to episode 43 of the show today i am continuing my conversation with garrick the founder of eco stylist about ditching fast fashion and shopping ethically and sustainably instead So if you haven't been able to listen to part one yet, I highly recommend that you go back and do that first as this episode will probably make a little more sense to you. But either way, I think you will really enjoy today. We are talking about how Garrick operates his business and the criteria they use to deem brands as ethical. We also discuss what we need to watch out for as consumers with greenwashing. This may be a term that you've heard before, but Garrick will explain what it really is and why we can't simply just do something like Google search the most sustainable shoes or the most sustainable shirt or the most ethical brands and trust what we read. He's going to explain that further, but what you need to know is that he's done all the research for us. That is the heart of his business. He's compiled lists of brands that we can trust. He's even curated a special selection for men's fashion of items that he recommends. And today he's also giving all kinds of recommendations like documentaries, podcasts, and books. So many things that I have added to my must-read list, okay? So he's giving us tons of resources today, and I think you're going to get a lot out of this conversation. While you're listening, I would love to ask for you to leave me a review, I'm currently donating money for reviews that I receive on the Apple Podcast app, so when you leave a review, it helps other people to find the show, and it helps people in need because I'm donating money, so that's pretty cool. I want to take a second to thank someone who has written a review. This review is from Miss E. Harris. She said, makes me think. This podcast always makes me think of something new. I like meeting the guests and hearing their stories. Mackenzie does a great job of facilitating too, and you can tell she's super into the content. I love seeing her passion shine through the guests. That is so, so kind. Thank you so much for that review, and thank you for listening. I really appreciate that support and would love it if you would also leave a rating and review to help others find the show too. So thank you, thank you, and here is part two with Garrett. So you also mentioned the impact on rivers and the toxic chemicals that are being poured out from, you know, making our clothes and and that are going into our clothes that we're wearing And so you had told me you kind of learned a lot from that documentary, River Blue. So do you think that's a good place for everybody to start? Like, do you think that's a good way to kind of learn more about it? Or what would you say?
1: Yeah, I think documentaries are a very accessible way to... To learn more, for sure, about these issues. Mm-hmm. And um, River Blue is a great one. I think it, it really had a profound effect on me. Mm-hmm. Like, I remember I just felt a lot of things, like, watching watching that documentary. Because it just, yeah, it's really, the thing I love about it, and I, I this will be an unpopular opinion, but I didn't know, mm-hmm. I mean, I like the true cost. I think it's a really important film, but I have a sort yeah. of unpopular opinion about it, and that is that um, I just didn't, like, I you know, like, I, I didn't love, like, the, I believe it was the intro, but I just, I felt like there was a part of it that was a bit they came off feeling a bit preachy and i think mm-hmm. i think it was unnecessary because i think if they had simply showed the footage that they showed it would have it it would have and it did speak for itself right like like people don't need to be oh, told sure. what to think right and yeah so that's just sort of my that's just sort of my uh, my rant there i'll I, I, anyway and i think the river blue doesn't do this though like the river blue sort of they did like without without sort of telling you how to feel they just sort of they show they just they just they just like show you these issues and yeah, and especially environmental um, with the rivers. And it's just like a really, it's a really good one. Um, it's its pretty focused, you know, on like the the water impact and the river impact of, of fashion specifically, but, it, but it's really good. And there's a lot of other films, like if you don't want to watch a full feature, a full-length feature film, you know, like Remake has these uh, short films that are free that you can watch on their website. A lot of them are like, like maybe 10 minutes is average. And mm-hmm. that really goes into the people side, like where they, you know, it's like made in Cambodia, made in Mexico made in usa is really good but it's not out yet on their i believe it's coming out in may um on their website i saw it at a a film festival but it's yeah like it's really good because often like a lot of times i think people think made in usa is like the stamp of approval but actually we have problems here Mm -hmm. too right so you know like there's still they still find like there's articles like i don't remember it was a few months back there was an article about um how essentially like a a factory in LA had been caught uh, exploiting people because what they were doing is they were paying people per piece. And so they were actually paying people like far below uh, a minimum wage in the US. And so like we so we have, you know, so it's like, I mean, made in the USA, I'm not saying it can be a great thing, right? Support workers in the US and and, and whatnot. But um, it, but it's still like you still need factory, you still need like good factories, right? And factory certifications. And yeah, so so that's a good place to start is uh, it would be I would say remakes films if or, or River Blue. Yeah, definitely.
0: Okay, cool. That's awesome. And I'll make sure to put links to all those so that people can access them if they want to. Um, And that, and you mentioned Remake, which kind of leads into the next question that I have, which is, you had said that you had partnered with them to use th- those standards for how you deem what brands you are going to use in your business and what brands you're going to partner with. So what are those standards? How do you guys make sure that a brand really is sustainable and ethical and all the good things that we're looking for?
1: Yeah. So Remake's criteria is, uh, it's a very holistic one. So they they include ethical in their definition of sustainable. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's basically, so it's basically this Excel spreadsheet that we take and there's a hundred points. It's based on a point system and it asks a series of questions about the brand. Like, does the brand use sustainable fabrics in more than 50% of their pieces? You know, do they, are they transparent? So like, do they have um, a factory list that's Little more specific than just like we have a factory in China, right? Like so, like with you know, like yeah. like we're like where the like the factory's name and like right and more and, and then um, there's questions like about like living wages, um, like certifications, sustainable packaging, the wastewater. So like, do they have a policy for treating wastewater? So kind of that goes back to the issue of, that we talked about in River Blue, where factories can have a they can basically certify or they can have a they can have a protocol that that shows you that they're not dumping the wastewater into rivers. Um and so it's like a lot of so it's a lot of things. It's it's a very comprehensive framework. And then the brand needs more than fifty points out of a hundred to pass this. And yeah, so that's the that's the framework that we're using. Um it, it's it's definitely a pretty high bar. Like I, I think I've tried to compare it to obviously our peers, you know, like like done good or like mm-hmm. Good On You or something and the bar I believe the bar is um from my it appears to be the highest. Like it's in I don't say that to like boast remakes criteria it's just because it's just that we fail a lot of brands like and but i think it's also really important because like we need to be holding brands to a high standard and part of the things that the criteria is asking um and there's you know there's plenty of brands that pass and are doing really good work and there's even brands it's not like every brand that passes is like 55, right? Like we, there are brands that are like 90 on this criteria, like doing incredible work. Yeah. And, but ba- yeah, but basically it's just, but it's pretty, and, and it's also asking for trans, it's asking for more transparency than other criteria is as well. Like, like really in an ideals world, we can answer all the questions in the criteria just from the brand's website. Like we don't have to reach out to them. It doesn't always work out that way because, you know, a lot of brands just simply aren't that transparent, even good brands. Um, but we're, that's the, that's where we're trying to get them, right? Like we're trying to push brands, to have that level of transparency to where like I could complete the criteria without having to contact them Um, because that's ideally, that's how it should be because then you, anybody could do the same thing. Right. And it wouldn't be like a secret, like, or like, you know, is this brand really sustainable? It's like, well, you could verify yourself and that would be, so that's the kind of what we're working towards.
0: Sure. That's awesome. And so I guess just to know more about how your business actually operates, Can we just like look on your website for that information or is it like, do you do consultations with people or how do you actually like operate?
1: Yeah. So we, so we research brands and then, so there's a couple of ways that we sort of add value for, for our users. Right. Mm -hmm. And so one of those is we have a brands page. Okay. So all of the brands that have passed our criteria that are, and obviously we're focused on, on menswear at EcoStylist, So these are all brands that have, have men's clothes. Mm -hmm. Not that, I mean, a lot of the brands also have women's clothes, Uh, but my point is. Right. Yeah. And then we have, and then but then we also link people from our brands page. We also link people to Remakes Brands page, which, which has a lot more brands that that have women's clothes. And oh, okay. Yeah, so that's one way. The other way is we we also curate. So for our guy shoppers, we curate items from our sustainable brands in a shop, and so that's intended to make the shopping process easier, right? It's like here's okay, like it's like here's our favorite items from our sustainable brands, and it's help you know. So in that way, instead of browsing like hundreds of items from like 30 brands, right? You can see a curated selection of things. So we also do that. And then there's also a, we also do a personal styling service. So customers can book, yeah, they can book Skype, like basically uh, video calls with me through that. And then, and that's basically like, I will work through the whole process of building a new wardrobe with somebody from like cleaning out your closet to identifying your ideal style to like a shopping list from these brands. Right. And it obviously with a focus on sustainability. Um, so it's just personal styling with a focus on, on sustainable brands, essentially.
0: Okay. Awesome. That's really cool. It sounds like you guys have made it really easy for people, which is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and so do you have anything that you want to tell people about with greenwashing or just kind of like, we talked about how, how you can make sure a brand's sustainable, but anything with like what to avoid, if that makes sense?
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, greenwashing is a big issue, and I sort of like the more I'm in the space, the more aware of that I become. Yeah. Like I've written two articles on this topic, and there will be there will be more for sure. But the first one was about Everlane, and it's it's not that I mean they're doing some things right for sure, but I think you know the risk with greenwashing is that brands. So here's the, the thing: if you look for sustainable fashion, right? You're going to find Everlane on like every single list virtually, right? Like, like you search sustainable fashion, like the first 10 results in Google, maybe they're all media, like maybe it's like New York Post, right? And all these other, um, like big media sources and Everlane's like the first brand on like every single list. And that is, that's confusing because that would suggest that it's the most sustainable brand. And that's far from the case, just to be frank. And so, yeah. And so I think, and that's a problem. Like, so greenwashing is like a big issue. And the media is sort of complicit in it because they're not helping people like they're right. They're just sort of they're all jumping on this bandwagon. And, and honestly, a lot of them are. I mean, we at Ego Stylist, like with the way that we run our business is in full transparency is with, affi- is with like, affiliate marketing. Mm-hmm. Right. So we we have affiliate relationships with our brands after they pass our criteria. So right. after brands pass or we'll reach out to them, ask them to have affiliate relationship because that's how we keep the lights on. Right. Like that's how we run. That's how we are able to write and do more work. And yeah, but like a lot of these big media, media publications will do the same thing essentially, but they're not—they're not researching the brands though. They're just jumping on the sustainable fashion bandwagon and trying to get money. So they're like putting out these lists, right? And and it's—I think it's a problem because we need to—we need to sort of like claim back sustainable, right? Like we need to say like, what does it mean, and how is it being judged? And and mm-hmm. we need to be careful that it's not just being thrown around. Because like sure. I said, because because back in the case of Everlane, like. Yeah, so you can. We, we have an article um, about them. If, if people want to read it, we basically just ran them through our criteria, and they had like thirty points out of a hundred, and so they didn't pass our criteria. And and the, just the point I wanted to make with that article is that you know this is a brand that couldn't pass our criteria, and yet they're on every single list virtually. Mm. And I think that's an issue. And, and yeah, I'm not the only person who's had this finding, right? Like, um, mm-hmm. Good on You has a similar finding with them. There's a um, Uh, what's this this YouTube channel I like? Levi Hildebrand, like you don't have to be a hero to save the world. He did a Mm -hmm. review of Everlane and we've all kind of come to the same conclusion essentially. But it's also not, I also want to be clear, like it's not people's faults. Like they, right? Like that, um, I I thought so too. Like when I first got into the space, I was like Everlane is definitely a sustainable brand, right? That was my, and then, And then the more I learned, the more, and as I benchmarked them against other brands and, and, and the thing is like, they will, I think they've said something to the effect of like, we don't position ourselves as a sustainable brand necessarily. Like, or they've tried these types of defenses, but if you Google sustainable fashion, like you'll see their ads. So like they're paying for those keywords. So Mm. it's kind of hard to argue that you're not positioning yourself as a sustainable brand when you're like paying for the keywords uh, in Google. And then another one, but obviously, like, to get away from the sustainable fashion space, and obviously there's brands like H&M as well. Um, I just wrote an article about H&M because I I saw that they came out with this new collection with Billie Eilish, and I felt like the article needed to be written because they they came out with this new collection, they positioned it very strongly as being sustainable, and, like, every media publication picked it up. Like, I I was, like, over—I couldn't believe how many— how many, you know, like New York Post and, and all of these, they just and teen vogue, like they all just publish these articles and they were like, everything in the collection is sustainable. And that is far from true. Like you dig into mm. it and you're like, you're like, this these are just plain lies. Like they're not even yeah. remotely true. And so I yeah, so I wrote an article about that. And I because I just think, yeah, it's important that we don't allow this word to be to be made meaningless, because that's what's going to happen, right? Like like these brands will try to make this word essentially meaningless or so confusing that people can't understand it and can't make a decision. And so it's important, I think, to to show to identify like what sustainable is and, and make sure that, yeah, that we have like a, you know, some kind of standard for that. And also that we're making it easy. We don't want it to be like super hard for people to find things that are sustainable.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's that's really good to know. So thank you for sharing that. Yeah. So what would you say... Because I know people who think this way. What would you say if someone told you they felt like they were too small to make a difference? Like, do you think that changing how we shop, just little old me, that that really makes a difference in the world?
1: Yeah, there's a quote that I love about this. It's like, "Have you ever spent the night with a mosquito?" And the idea, the idea, obviously, the idea being like. You know, mosquitoes are, like, tiny, but, like, mm-hmm. think about how much power they have. Yeah. Like, if they're if you're, like, in a dark room with one, like, they can really drive you nuts. Right. <laughs> um, and, like, yeah, so, like, I think it's the same in this case. Like, we, we have a lot of potential to make an impact, and I think it's important not to view ourselves as too small. Because that is part of, like, not to be – but it is part of the strategy of sort of people who don't want you to make a difference, right? Like, if maybe, like, if there's brands that are really invested financially in the fast fashion business model – they don't want you to believe that you can make an impact, right? Because mm-hmm. that, because that, because that's power, and power is what's going to like change fast fashion. They, they they want you to believe that you are powerless, mm-hmm. and and I think the biggest sort of weakness here, or, or the or the reason the reason that we all that we, that we all have power to make a difference, and the reason we need to believe that is because there's a tipping point, right? Too like. With any movement, like with sustainable fashion, we're not at the tipping point, right? We're not at the tipping point where it's achieved, like, mass adoption. But the only way for that to happen is for people, like, people like us and, and everybody listening to, like, believe that they can make a difference and and to partake in that difference. Because and cause what's going to happen eventually is enough people enough people will be making a difference that everybody else is going to see it. And they're going to be like, oh, this does make sense. And they jump on board, right? Like, that's been proven. Like, that's that's how people, that's how, like, things, that's how movements happen, right? That's how people think. And so we need enough people like doing it before it's going to reach like mass adoption where people believe that this is something that actually matters, that I can jump on board, make a difference. Right. So, yeah. So I would say like, absolutely you can make a difference. And, and, Mm -hmm. and there's a lot of ways in which you can, even small things, like just you using cold water when you wash your clothes or, or, or buying some things from thrifting instead of new, right. Or like, Mm -hmm. or or supporting some sustainable ethical brands that are, that are leading in like, in the future of the fashion, just be like, these are, you know, even just one of these things um, is a way that you could get involved.
0: Right. Yeah. And you don't have to, I mean, obviously the more you can do those things, great, but you know, even just doing that once, like it does make a difference, right?
1: Absolutely. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay. And what about since now you've become this fashion expert, do you think that it is still possible to have good fashion and, you know, have, have a style that you like um, that doesn't just look like everybody else while shopping ethically and sustainably.
1: Yeah, well, that's really kind. For, thank you. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, absolutely, I do. That was the problem. That's exactly the problem that I wanted to solve when I started this, mm-hmm. right? And sure. to be honest, I wasn't when I started this. I wasn't sure. Like, I was like, I don't, I don't like the answer wasn't there. It was like mm-hmm. me. It was like it was like I want this to be possible. I want to. I want to like solve the problem, but um, I'm gonna have to like do some work to, to see if it is. And absolutely, yeah. There's there's um. There's obviously, I mean, I think we all know in the sustainable space that there's like a solid, uh, you know, a selection of basics and staples, right? And like minimalist capsule pieces. But there's more than that now, too. And, and new brands are popping up all the time. And I'm really excited about like like in 2020, the brands that we'll be approving, you know, and adding to the website are going to be a lot more like edgy, colorful patterns, things like this, because there's a lot of brands. And there, we're seeing more brands across the world, too. You know, like, like actually like brands founded in Africa and like brands, you know, like there's a... Um, Like there's a brand based in Kenya that I'll be adding, adding to the website. So like, yeah, there's with this, like, there's just, there's becoming more um, variety in the sustainable and ethical brand space. And so it's definitely like, it's, it's definitely possible now and it's only going to improve. And I think a couple things with this too, is like, there's two things, additional thoughts to this. One is like, I think restriction is actually, I know it's like people say this a lot, but it actually is an important like right like like limitations can be a strong driver for creativity like when you're you know if you like if you accept your limitations and you work with and, and you work with that like that can actually inspire like new creative options right so i think that's one important thing to think about is like it's not you know like if you're so fixed on like you know i want to be sustainable but i i want to like replace this exact like gucci jacket with like uh, ethical right like that might be a little bit limiting way to think about it but if you're a little bit more open and you think like okay how do I work within you know this creatively? I think you you would be delighted. You 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 could you can come up with some really great solutions. But also in the meantime, you can supplement with like secondhand, obviously, right? Like you could you know like if you're if you're very fashion forward, you can combine buying some things from ethical, and stable brands with like using the real real, for example, mm-hmm. right? And, and getting getting things that way. I mean, secondhand is always a great option, especially you know given the the clothing waste problem that we talked about earlier. Yeah, so I think if you combine these approaches, then add like a hundred, like obviously you can. Like there's no limit to what you could create, and that just brings to one other point I wanted to mention really quickly is like I, I I come across these sort of debates a lot in sustainable fashion with like um where it's like what's the best option like buy nothing no buy secondhand no buy sustainable brands yeah and like there is there is no argument like I want to I want to sort of like tear this myth down mm-hmm. there is no there's no fight between like these three approaches like sure. these three approaches are all important they all go together. And we need all of them, right? Yeah. Like, there is no, like, I think that that's uh, something really important that I want to say. Because, like, if we, you know, like, if we only bought secondhand, right? Like, first of all, that's never going to happen. Like, I just think, <laughs> like, there's not, like, like everybody is not, like, right? Like, because yeah. you think, think about, like, we're trying to change, like, everybody's behavior, essentially. And so, and also buy nothing. Like, is everybody going to stop buying? Like, I, I don't think so. I don't think that's a realistic solution. Right. You know, but if we all slow down our consumption and we, and we incorporate secondhand and we also buy from sustainable brands, right? Like the, the cumulative effect of all of that is like really good. Um, and they're all really good approaches and, you know, like, like sustainable brands, you're supporting living wage jobs for people, right? Like, whereas if we only focused on one of those other approaches, what's going to happen to those good brands? What's going to happen to the people that work for them? So like, yeah, so I think it's just important to to note that like all three of those approaches can work really nicely together.
0: That's a good answer. And I, I think you're right. I, when you asked like, what's the most what, what's the best option? Like, what's the most ethical option? I think it just depends, like, on the situation, probably. <laughs> so...
1: That, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Okay, so what would you say is the main message you want everybody to walk away with today?
1: I would say it goes back to what we, what we talked about earlier, that, like, what you do matters, mm-hmm. and that if we keep like if we can get more people to join the sustainable and ethical fashion movement, like we will get to that point where we reach the tipping point. Yeah. And so I just want, yeah, I just want everybody to know that like what they do matters, and, and bring and bring more people into the space, right? Like we need more. And yeah, I think there's this really good quote that I like. It's like, change will not come if we wait for some other person or some other time. We're the ones we've been waiting for. We're the change that we seek. And that was a that was Obama who mm-hmm. that said that. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's really important. Um, you know, in the space, sometimes I see a lot of people maybe like maybe advocating a little bit too much for like legislation right and i think to be clear like le- legislation could definitely help right like if if we yeah. had like i mean that's been proven with data that like the effect of regulation on sustainability is like right like if the government would just step in and be like factories have to do this yeah that would be that would be very effective but i think the, the point i want to make is like but we shouldn't wait for that right you know because i think I, don't, I think people are tired of waiting like people want to make difference now and and obviously, if we can get legislation as well as personal like decisions, like it'll be the perfect mix of like huge impact. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I just think that's that's really, I think, the most important thing is that people know that what they do does matter, and that they can make a
0: difference. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. Okay, before I let you go, I want to ask you my fun questions that I ask every guest. So, uh, yes. do you have someone that you look up to as a role model?
1: Yeah, there's there's actually quite a few, um, and it's really, I mean, a lot of them are in you know in this space mm-hmm. now. But there's a lot of people in the space that I, yeah, that I really admire. And I think have really inspired me to want to do more in the space. And so a few of those people would be like, like Claire Press, if you know her, Mm -hmm. she's like, she wrote like Wardrobe Crisis and has the Wardrobe Crisis podcast. Oh,
0: okay.
1: And yeah, like, and she's just like really inspiring and like I've read, I've read both of her books and 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 her podcast is just really great. Like I think one of the great things is that she she sort of manages to keep this this like positive energy, you know, despite what sometimes can be overwhelming, right? Like 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 the the fires in Australia, right? And, and things like this can feel extremely like overwhelming. Um, and I, but I think it's important to to mm-hmm. sort of be able to keep moving forward given given our circumstances, you know. And then like obviously like Kestrel Jenkins with Conscious Chatter was a huge inspiration to me from the beginning. Like when I because when I first learned about this space, I think. You know, I think her August was the first one that I found. And so, and it was so, that was sort of like a, a gate, like the entryway for me into sustainable fashion. And, and then obviously I found like, you know, more podcasts and more material and there's just so much out there. Um, and then obviously like Aisha as well, the founder of Remake um, is really inspiring. And like Brittany, the founder of Sustainable Fashion Forum, like just all of these people in this space, I think, yeah, they just sort of like make me want to do more, you know, and, and see that like, we all could do more.
0: Yeah, that's really cool. Those are good ones. I'm gonna have to check out those podcasts too. Yeah. How about what's the most impactful book that you've read?
1: Um, can I mention three quickly? Or yes, does it have of to course. Be one? No, go okay. for it. <laughs> okay, because <laughs> yeah, cause I was thinking about this, and I was like, what the, have them been? Obviously, there's been a lot of there's a lot of great books out there, but um, three I think that really impacted me. Uh-huh. One one goes back to my the peace studies. Um, so there's this book we wish to inform you that tomorrow we will be killed with our families hmm. so it's, yeah, it's kind of a grim title um it's it's a non-fiction mm-hmm. um and it's it's stories from the Rwanda genocide oh okay yeah and it was it was really um it's just like a really profound book and it really yeah I mean there's a like lot, a lot of emotional feelings when you read it obviously but yeah. I think really important a really important book because you know some of the things yeah. that I learned from studying peace studies was just just that it could happen to us like it's it's like how it's like learning like how these things happen. Like it's uh, yeah, not, sure. it, it's like, these aren't things that just happen somewhere else. Like these are, yeah. they happen systematically. They happen over time. They could happen anywhere. So I think that's just a fantastic book. I mean, obviously a hard book to read, but like very important. The other, some other ones um, on a different note, like By the Change You Want to See, which is a, it's a book um, about conscious consumerism by Jane Morris. And oh, cool. that's just a book in this space that I've read recently that I, I just really like. I think it's it's just full of like, good examples of conscious consumerism. And it's not just fashion, you know, she talks about like coffee and chocolate and, but it's just Mm -hmm. really inspiring, like a lot of great examples, great case studies. And so, yeah, I think that that one is that one I've read recently that I really liked. And then also I really enjoy, and it doesn't, regardless of who, you know, political persuasion or like who you vote for, I really enjoy Andrew Yang's book, The War on Normal People. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think it's just a really good example of, or it just really captures really well a lot of like social problems in the U.S. and just has like a very data-driven approach and like way of thinking about those problems right and so like regardless of mm-hmm. I don't think it's like I know a lot of candidates have books and it's like but it's not like it doesn't only apply if you vote for, right it's like I think it's a great book regardless yeah. um, and I think it highlights yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah just like a lot of it has a lot of like very sensible solutions and just and, and thoughts and approaches and so I I really enjoyed that one as well
0: well, that's good to know. Maybe I should uh, read that before primary elections come up just to see what I think.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Very cool. It's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's an easy read, I think you'll find. So. Okay. Yeah.
0: All right. Cool. That's awesome. Good recommendations. What about we already talked about some documentaries that you would recommend? Is there anything else that um, you want to recommend people to listen to or watch or anything like that? Definitely.
1: Yeah. This one won't be, since this is, I'll do, this one won't be related to sustainable fashion, but there's a, there's a really, Okay. there's a movie if I, because I just, if there was a movie that I really wanted like every American to see, it would be Monos, M-O-N-O-S. Okay. I haven't heard of that. Yeah. It came out, uh, I think it's 2019 as a Colombian uh, director. And it's, it's, yeah, I don't, I, it's like, it kind of like, it's kind of tricky because like to talk about it, I don't want to give anything, like to talk about it is almost like, to give it away but i just okay, think sure i just think it's a film that every uh, american should see okay uh, let's just put it that way like it's very it's very like human it really captures like it really captures a social issue like in a very profound way it's just it's just honestly it blew me away It was a really good film it's also kind of it's very like it's a little bit intense um like you're, you kind of it really pulls you in it's very it's a little bit artsy but it's just yeah just really good like i i would definitely recommend that one
0: is it like a drama film? It is, yeah. Say? Okay. More drama All probably right. than,
1: than Yeah.
0: Okay. I'm gonna take you out your word for it. I'm gonna put it on my list of things to watch. <laughs> what about a brand or product that you're really liking lately? I know you have a list of a lot of brands that you love, but how about just one that you Yeah. Are really enjoying lately?
1: Yeah, this is always super hard for me, but I'll just but what I'm yeah. wearing right now I'm wearing um a uh flannel from isto which is one of our, our newer brands okay and i really like it just because like the quality so it's basically it's just a flannel it's a button-up like long sleeve flannel shirt it's, or, it's made with organic cotton and isto yeah it's just one of our new brands they ethically make everything in portugal um and they're just like really transparent and a really good brand oh, cool. um and they, they focus on natural materials so this is it's organic cotton but i just really like it because it's just like yeah it's just honestly it's like one of the highest quality button-up shirts that i've owned and it's super soft and it's just like really great for, for this time of year and just a piece that I've really been loving. They also use, um, they have these like really kind of, kind of a little bit weird like natural colors. Like this one is like mm-hmm. an off-white kind of yellow, you know, like not a color you might you know, see everywhere. Um, And mm-hmm. I, I really like that too. Like it's kind of, the, the colors are kind of fun.
0: Oh cool. That's, that's a good one. The, a lot of these things I haven't heard of before, so I'm liking all your recommendations. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, I've loved having you on. Can you tell people where they can find you? Um, give them your website name and Instagram, social media, all that good stuff.
1: Yeah, definitely. Yeah. For social media, we're we're Your Eco Stylist all together. So Your Eco Stylist, that's on Facebook and Instagram. And then for the website, it's, uh, it's www.eco-stylist.com.
0: Okay, perfect. That sounds good. Well, like I said, I'm going to link everything um, in the show notes so everybody can check you out and check out all your recommendations. But, Garrick, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me and, you know, share with the listeners just what you've been learning over the past few years about ethical and sustainable fashion. Like we said, this can be a conversation that could easily feel overwhelming because it's like there's just so many parts to it and so much to know. But I like things like this that someone, you know, is probably listening to just while they're in the car or whatever. And and now they know and now they can make a more informed decision about, you know, their next clothing purchase. And so I really appreciate you taking the time to share with us and what you're doing with your business, because, you know, you're definitely making an impact. And it's something new, I think, which is really cool, especially how you're focusing on men's fashion. So, yeah, I think what you're doing is awesome. And I hope it keeps going well.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, thanks so much. It was, it was really great chatting with you. And I really appreciate you having me on the show.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Let me ask you something. Have you ever spent the night with a mosquito? I love that quote that Garrick shared just to show us that we are never too small to make a difference. If you can start doing things like incorporating secondhand shopping into your routine, buying from ethical brands that Garrick recommends, or even reducing your consumption by buying nothing. Every time you make a decision to do one of those things, you make an impact. Those are all great things to do and great options to support, and when you do them, you are contributing to a better world, a better environment, and a better life for our fellow human beings. Garrick has done all the research for us and made it so easy, so I highly recommend that you check out his website. You can check out the brands that he recommends. Like he said, there are men's fashion brands and women's fashion brands on there. And he also works really hard on his blog. His blog is one of my favorite resources. There are so many good articles on there if you want to learn more. Things like ethical gift ideas for men, the best fabrics to buy, or spotting greenwashing and common brands that we know of. So much good information. That is a really good resource to check out. And he gave tons of other good resources too, like the podcasts and books that he recommended. I've already subscribed to some of the podcasts that he told us about, and I can't wait to dive into some of those books and those movies. I recommend that you go check out those podcasts too. As you know, that's one of my favorite ways to learn about important topics like this. You can subscribe to those on tons of different platforms. And also don't forget to subscribe to my show too. When you subscribe to the Enlighten Me podcast, That ensures that you get the latest episodes straight to your phone or whatever device you're listening on so that you know whenever there's a new episode available. Of course, don't forget to leave a review. Leave a rating. I would take five stars if you would be willing to give it, but I will take whatever you are willing to give. Do that while you're over there. And again, I just want to thank you for listening. It means so much to me to know that people are tuning in and listening to these important topics. I love learning together and I truly think education is one of the keys to changing the world. So thank you for your support and listening. It means a lot to me. And finally, I just want to remind you that you are not too small to make a difference. Remember that the change starts with us and keep seeking to get enlightened. Peace out.